0: I'm Mrs. RPG Hour.
1: And I'm Jonathan Andrews. Today we are going to be discussing uh, Numenera. Uh, we're going to kind of do a, a bit of a focus on uh, the character creation. Uh, but we're also just going to be talking about you know, how we feel about the system overall. And... Uh, I know previously that Jonathan has discussed how he's not a big fan of PDQ, but I would definitely <laughs> like to say that there there's a lot of similarities yeah. um, as well as a lot of non-similarities. So,
2: you yeah. did not need to be that offended about that. Come <laughs> on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, was like,
0: I was reading through the character creation part of the book, and I was like, but didn't he say... over to Larry, I was like, didn't Jonathan say that he he didn't like PDQ? he was like, yeah, and I was like, this is kind of like PDQ. <laughs> at least okay. You
2: know. I was skeptical about Numenera at first because I was like, noun, verb, adjective, descriptor. What the crap is that? I hate the sound of this game already. <laughs> but then when I actually made a character, there are mechanics behind it, and it and makes sense. It, it it's all very very structured, and I was like, okay, okay, I see what they're doing now. Yeah. Instead of instead of your race thing and your class thing and your free feats, you get a, fo- a descriptor and a, and a type and a focus. Makes sense. I like it. <laughs> but I, it took me a while to get into the cipher system because of that.
1: <laughs> I will say I don't know that I ever ran you guys through PDQ Sharp. I think, well, I don't remember. But PDQ Sharp has a lot more... Uh, they. They added to the rules. Oh, that was
0: almost a fluff. <laughs> they added to the
1: rules, um, and they kind of uh, bulked out some of the some of the things, and they kind of mm-hmm. made it a little more. Um, but they also, it was kind of focused on um, kind of like a dueling system, is hmm. kind of what they did with it, mm-hmm. um, because of, um, like, a lot of the, the, one of the games they came out with uh, was a Sky Pirates game. that mm-hmm. camera not um, Swashbucklers of the Seven Skies is what it is.
2: Um, I think I remember you talking about that, yeah.
1: There's a video game. um, I still haven't picked up a copy of that game. I really want to. There's a video game for Dreamcast, and I don't know if it's on (laughs) anything else. Um, Uh, No, I want to say that GameCube had it as well. Uh, Skies of Arcadia. Yeah, Skies of Arcadia um, such a good game. When I read about uh, Swashbuckers and Seven Skies, and I was like, that's... that's Yeah. My brain goes, I need this. (laughs) Um, So when I I first started really getting into um, rereading Numenera and really getting down into it, I was like... (laughs) Jonathan. <laughs> um, but I mean there, there is a difference like yes there's but I mean I would rather pick up uh, PDQ and PDQ sharp and Numenera over some of the other descriptive based systems that are out there yeah because um PDQ has the, the way that they define everything and they've got a structure for it there mm-hmm. is a structure for it and it's a very straightforward you know it One is to define who you are as a race. One is to define who you are as a as a package, and one is to you know. And then you've got two or three that you can do that define you know how do you live, how do you make a living in your life? You know, what are the other things that you do? Mm -hmm. um, that kind of fluff out your character.
0: (laughs) You know, I mean, you got you,
1: and it basically is like picking up any other RPG with PDQ and PDQ sharp, and you know the race is there. The class is there and all that, but those are also stats. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, for some people, it can definitely be taken aback, and it is a little bit looser than some things. But those rules are pretty straightforward. Numenera is pretty straightforward. Cypher overall is pretty straightforward with mm-hmm. you know what those descriptors and everything kind of are. Mm-hmm. And there's other games that I pick up, and they're like, cool, pick a descriptor. And yeah, there's other structure areas and a lot of those other game systems and things like that, but it's just sometimes so open with some games that it feels like it takes hours to get there. And, you know, with, with, with Numenera, it kind of guides you a bit.
2: Well, I mean, they have a list of things you could pick from, and since the mechanics are underlying, it's not like you could just make up stuff. Right. You would have to make up all the mechanics to go along with it, because... The, the descriptors are not a mechanical part of the game. They're just how you describe your character. And then all the mechanics are based on which dec- descriptors you pick. But the actual bones of the game is about the mechanics that underlie the descriptors, not the descriptors themselves. Right. Um, Fate is, is another similar game that uses descriptors that they call aspects. But the reason I like Fate is because they're not just skills or things that... Um, describe your character they're also um, they're also disadvantages at the same time and so you use your aspect to um, get a bonus for roles but you also use your aspect to get fate points back and just the the play that fate achieves is unlikely and awesome <laughs>
1: See, with, with, with fate um, I feel like it's um to me I think Fate is a PDQ versus Numenera thing for you I'm more of a Fudge fan and and part of that is I don't Fate is a, for those that don't know about the history behind Fate, but Fate is a form of Fudge and Fate basically took the Fudge rules and confined them to a certain way of going and I just, I there's some things that Fate did that I really do enjoy and there's other things that I'm like, I really kind of like the looseness that Fudge offered over in this area and So I mean, I've had a hard time picking up Fate and (laughs) really getting into Fate. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, I like Fudge. But I will also say this: Fate is pretty much a pick up and play thing. Fudge is more of a toolkit. You got to sit and kind of work at it a little bit. But um, so I mean, Fudge is definitely one of those things that people can kind of be like, "Eh, "Not sure I want to tackle that." Yeah.
2: So Numenera.
0: So I really liked. I really liked character creation. I feel like it's a lot easier to build a character with a backstory, build a character that's not just okay, I'm a rogue. I have this set of skills, you know mm-hmm. it's actually you know i'm it's like, yeah, I'm playing a rogue character, but this is the specific aspect of rogueness that mm-hmm. i' I specialize in. Mm-hmm. And these are the things that, because of this particular aspect, these are the things that I'm good at doing. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I think you get a more well-rounded character. So
1: I'm, I'm coming from a stance of, I've only I've only ever read the Numenera book, I haven't touched the newer, uh, what is it, Discovery and... Um, Destiny. Destiny. Yeah. Um, so that's where I'm coming from with this point of view, but... Just the character creation section, not the game overall, I'm not talking about overall rating, but just the character creation section, I give it a 2.5. Hmm. Because there's a long bit at the beginning that is just kind of awkward and unwieldy that kind of is, talks about how to create your character, hmm. but doesn't go into full depth about what each of those sections are, and hmm. then it goes into where you could do it. I feel like that could honestly just be a character creation chart. Hmm. And I feel like, it, I want to say it's like, uh, I think it's six pages where hmm. it kind of goes into what each thing really is, mm-hmm. but then once you get to that section, they have like a very similar description of what oh. it is again. And to me, I just feel like it was a very clunky way of designing that.
2: Um, if I remember right, I think the first book was written by Monty Cook by himself. Am I right? is, does that sound right? I think. I think so. Yeah, the 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 next book they made it a point to point out that they collaborated on the on discovery to make sure that they had more than one person, because while you might be writing and it makes all the sense in the world to you, <laughs> somebody else could pick it up and go, what the?
0: <laughs> yeah, I read through it. I read through it once, and then I was like, I was not a hundred percent on how everything <laughs> was supposed to function. So I read it again, and I was still like. <coughs> Sure. i get it more <laughs> we'll see how this goes when we start playing <laughs> yeah
1: had there been a character creation guide chart like what some games have um which i think the newer book
0: the newer
2: book has a has a has a cardboard handout that's okay. a, that's a guide chart um, <laughs> it's like
1: this is how you do this <laughs> yes but i mean uh, it, it, I maybe there's a reference in the very back that has it in Numenera, but I mean, like, I would like it right there in the character creation section. That makes sense. And I mean, that was the thing that kind of took me <laughs> back. Is like Mrs. RPGR said, I had to reread it a couple times. Like,
2: okay. Uh, My reaction to that is based on White Wolf has trained me to ignore everything before the character creation chart, and so when I started off in Numenera, I skipped all that stuff and went straight to, okay, it says I'm supposed to pick a descriptor, a type, and a focus. So I went to descriptors, and I picked a descriptor. (laughs) See, I
0: usually do that, but I was like, no, I'm actually going to put forth the actual effort into reading this, because usually I just skim for what's important.
2: Well, see, that is to say so when I when I went back and got around to reading that I had already created several characters and so I was like, okay yeah, yeah duh. <laughs> All this stuff is really easy. Why are you telling us this?
1: <laughs> I was trying to do my homework right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I mean that the first few pages of character creation to me are clunky in yeah. the original Numenera, and that that really takes away from my ability to sit there and focus and make a character, because, that, I mean... Yeah,
2: that makes sense.
1: I trudged through it, and then when I got to the actual <laughs> section, I'm like, do I start over? Did I accidentally start over at the <laughs> beginning again? And then there's the actual rules to doing it. Yeah. But then some of the areas, like, I had to go back up to that top section, reread that, come back down. And right. So, I mean, it was – I feel like that – not that it was an afterthought, but I feel like there, there was just some weirdness to it that after I created a couple of characters, I really started to get it. But I had to go back and correct things on those early characters. Well,
2: it's kind of like D&D, you know? You are creating a D&D character, and so you go through it, and you pick your race – and you pick your class, and then you have a question about class. So you go back to the beginning where that section was on ability scores, and you go, okay, this is what the bonus is going to be if I pick this. Okay, cool. Then you go back to this, and you just keep going, and you only refer to the front when you have a question. <laughs> I think that's how it's
1: intended to be. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. It was, it was a little weird for me. Um, but I mean, I. Some
0: people read their books cover to cover first before they try anything, and so that was, that was a little difficult to get through. Yeah,
1: that, that makes perfect sense. But um I mean, overall the character creation is really good. It, it's kind of a, um, how do I put this into words? Uh, it's like a life path system, but it's like the starting of a life path system, but that wasn't completed, but it's a complete way of creating a character.
0: It's like dipping its toes into being a life path character creation system, but it's not all the way not there. all the way there.
1: And it's just I mean, kind of
0: cr- creeping on the edge of it,
1: but I like it. I, like I think it
2: of it as being completely different than a life path system, but well, <laughs> I see what you're saying. I
0: think it, I think in that where you know you pick the descript- where you pick the descriptors and stuff, and mm-hmm. that kind of defines you know what your character is. It's almost like you know kind of strategically developing your character through the life path through a life path system. I feel I feel like they're very similar.
2: Well, what I do One's like just about a lot it, yeah. Faster. Similar I can get behind. Uh, what I do like about it is that um, mechanically in for example D&D when I pick my race and my class I am an elven archer, but that really doesn't tell me anything about my character and since I am first level, I have very few choices and so that doesn't tell me anything about my character either. And so right. basically my character is just a block of stats and a separate blank slate that I have to fill in. Whereas with the descriptor system, you are defining who the character is and why the character is that way, what the, what the character does that makes him special. And uh, you still have your class in your type. And so, yes, I am a fighter um, and I may be an elf, but I'm still somebody who Wields dark matter, <laughs> <laughs> and so you, I just feel like you get a lot more of your character's character in the character description. I mean, in the character creation than yeah. you do in most systems, and I like that.
0: Yeah, I, I like that too.
1: I do too, and that's what that's what I was trying to get at with the, the life path yeah. talk. Is because that's what I like about life path systems is you get a yeah. whole. I feel like a more complete character with. Yeah. It. Um, I feel like another way to also, if you've ever played a um, Powered by the Apocalypse game. You answer some questions during character creation like when you're when you're picking mm-hmm. it out and those kind of guide how your character's going to be and i think that it's a very similar process mm-hmm. one of them is there's a lot more mechanics behind the numenera than what yeah. powered by the apocalypse says but i, I kind of like that where you make decisions so any two people can pick up the same sheets right and you can easily just pick what's on there mm-hmm. but i mean if you also look at it it's as you were talking about earlier, its uh, I don't think that it's actually that hard to add anything new to those. I think right. that you know you sit down with the game master and be like, look, I like the things that here, but mm-hmm. I really want this, and this is how I would see yeah. it working.
2: And well, and I, they give I, you guidelines in the book for how to make it. So yeah, they, they give you all the tools you need to make it. But it's not like PDQ was what we were talking about <laughs> earlier. <laughs> it's not like PDQ where you just come up with words, and then the words are the mechanics. You, there are actual mechanics behind that that you have to put in. Deploys. Yeah.
1: It's true. Um, well, I mean, there with PDQ, there's a very, there's a very straightforward mechanic that kind of just blankets everything. Yeah. And it can kind of be a little awkward at times. Um, but uh, I, I feel like um Numenera is definitely a good step uh, with that direction of doing things. Because there are some other games that I pick up and I'm just like looking at it and I'm like. I'm going to go back to PDQ. I'm going to go to something else, you know, and I, I this is not for me. And, you know, it, it drives me nuts because at the end of the day, it's like, I really want to like other systems that have that same feel, mm-hmm. but they don't. I mean, <laughs> um, I w I will say one thing uh, that I did not like about character creation mm-hmm. um, is just, I, I got to certain points where um, when it talks about certain skill things it, it it can be a little bit dis- confusing when they use the word or in some areas because you I have to go back and reread a couple times. It's like oh no, it means both of those things. Ah. You know, versus some places in the book they use or and it means one of the other. Right. And so I, I wish that there was that they use different punctuation and things like that because there are certain things where it's like I had to go back and read a couple times to realize and
2: I don't remember the specifics of, but that might have been something they addressed in discovery.
1: Yeah, and that's that's the thing. Like like I was saying, I'm coming at this from just Numenera. Yeah. Um, I mean, we we purchased a copy of Numenera because that's I was told we're playing Numenera. I didn't realize we were gonna do Discovery and all that. And, uh, it's like, um, why not?
2: It's like the revised edition.
1: Yeah. But it's um.
2: I had the slipcase of
1: Discovery though. I know. <laughs> that was pretty, that's pretty nice. It was. <laughs> uh, I mean, overall, overall, <laughs> it's a very solid game system. Uh, if you're listening to this and didn't and. You know, haven't listened to our actual play. I mean, our actual play is coming, you know, later. Uh, But if you're not interested in the actual play, you didn't watch our video. Um, It's a D20 based system. You roll a D20 to complete your actions. You have a target number that is based on a difficulty ranking. And the ranking is twofold it's a number of 1 to 10, or sorry, 0 to 10, because there is a 0 that you can get. Um, And there's also a descriptor word. So basically, is it challenging for your character? then yes, the challenging would be, you know, is it a simple or routine task? You can use those descriptors based on the stuff on your character sheet and the way you role play your character. The GM and you can come up with a number that makes sense for the difficulty. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, for uh, if you get a one, it kind of screws you, <laughs> but it kind of adds a flair. And in this one, uh, for those that don't know, uh, the Game Master doesn't roll dice. Mm-hmm.
0: No need for a GM screen.
2: No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well.
0: Unless you want just that separation from your players.
1: Or the ability to actually read everything that's going up. so uh, Or like notes of like all the different rules and things like that. Because even the quick reference guide that we have, it's still six pages. Yeah. Wow. Uh, um, so, I mean, that was. a
0: lot of stuff you got to look at every once in a while. It's fine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's true. That is the other reason for a GM screen. <laughs> yeah.
0: does Is have that all up.
2: Mm-hmm. That's also... Well, okay, for a good GM screen.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes.
2: Because bad GM screens are just not worth anything.
0: (laughs) I don't know why they exist, but have you seen the generic GM screens? So, I don't know whoever was making them. I don't know if they still do it or not. But there was, like, a GM screen that, I guess it was, like, dry erase on the inside. And it had where you could mark, which, why would you be writing vertically? Yeah. Um, for like initiative order, uh, like just like little notes and stuff, but there right. was no information on the inside at all. Uh, it was just pretty, uh, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah,
2: okay, <laughs> yeah, okay." <laughs> I, I like a lot of the
1: the the home done ones that are like uh, that have like clips on it. You can clip in. Yeah, the paper that makes sense.
2: That,
0: yeah, well, that makes sense, but this it yeah. was just like
2: yeah, uh,
0: <laughs> it was someone had taken like a you know a. a poster board and just cut the top of it off.
2: Hold on, is this a GM screen or is this a science project thing?
1: Right. <laughs> so back to Numenera. Um, another another game that you can kind of relate this to is the Age System in a way. Um, age System and True 20 and all that, they boiled it down to three classes. Mm-hmm. And Numenera does the same thing. You've got the Glaive, you've got the uh, Nano, and you've got the Jack.
2: But that's not actually true. (laughs) They they have additional ones. That's just, okay. Like, in uh, the original base version of D&D, what were the classes? You had had very few classes in that one. Yeah. And in the original book of Discovery, you had the same kind of classes going on. But in the player's options, you also had the Seeker and the glint.
1: Okay. I, yeah.
2: And in Discovery and Destiny, Discovery has the same three classes, but Destiny adds the Arcus and the Right and the Seeker, I think, Delver, the Delver. Okay. And so you have other types; they just don't have them in the main
1: book. Okay. Yeah, I'm going off the main book, but uh, but I mean, so if if you like the idea of just having that main three, though, it's very relatable, back to the age system, back to True Twenty, back to a lot of those types of things. Um, and then it gets very D where they add a bunch of other ones apparently later <laughs> uh but i mean it, it's a very straightforward i'm I, i'm i'm not happy i like the pool system the way that they do it i prefer a dice pool than uh a pool of points but um i don't like that it's just might speed and intellect
0: i think it's fine
2: if you had <laughs> to segment them more uh you would have smaller pools Maybe. Or either of that you have a lot of math. Yeah. But the other reason they have three pools is because of your three uh, health conditions. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's why I think it makes a lot of sense and it works really well. Is because it's... And what I actually really like about it is, like, if you take physical damage, you know, it's going to... Hinder you physically But you know So might and speed Are going to be the ones affected It's like if it's something That would affect your movement You know Speed is going to be The one that's affected that makes sense Because You know It always I guess that was one thing That kind of bothered me In in D&D Unless you had like A penalty for something Like to your movement Or whatever Once you were injured It's like Okay I'm injured I'm going to run over here Yeah and, And do this thing As if I am not injured don't
2: get me started on hit point systems. <laughs>
1: no, the, the main thing that I, no matter how I try to boil stuff down to, I, I have a hard time getting around systems that have less than a base for, <laughs> and, and the, the main reason is mind, body, some type of spirit or soul, and some type of social.
2: Okay, the thing is,
0: okay, these pools, the
2: uh, thing, well, guess, in this one's socialism. <coughs> yeah the three pools are not directly related to you rolling the dice like they are in most games. True. They're only peripherally related to that. And so, I mean, as much as possible, I feel like the GM in this game should let the players decide which which pool they're going to use, except where it's just this is Obviously, the mechanics of the yeah. game. Like you can't you can't base your your, um,
0: your physical your you physical attack, attack on, on your, your intellect, intellect pool.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Unless you have an ability that lets you do that, (laughs) which there are. Yeah, but like like,
0: I guess if you were thinking of something like precision striking. Yeah, yeah, there's a precision
2: strike ability for one of the foci that that lets you do that exactly. But for the most part, that that wouldn't make sense. But but other than that, a lot of times it's like, okay, how are you going to approach this? And that's the pool that we're going to base it on. Because it doesn't really matter unless they're going to spend effort.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from with it, is the fact that you can spend effort to bolster it. I would have liked there to be, like, a social or something. Like, looking at the nanos, I mean... My only issue is we've got two physical stats, one intellectual stat, nothing to really cover technically the magical ability. You go with intellect. And, you know, pretty much everything is either... You're either relying heavily on intellect or heavily on might and speed is kind of an in-between and like I said, like I
0: used speed a lot, but that's
1: your character type
0: character type. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But no, I also mean like the, a lot of the things that you're going to do, you kind of boil down to you use it, but you're also doing that a lot with combat based stuff. I'm not talking about just combat. I'm talking about like overall things, there's there's a, a lot more of it's gonna go for might or intellect.
0: Mm, yeah. I mean, you
1: can kind of finagle things into kind of doing Self it. Stealth but... is
2: speed, most of the time. Yeah, uh, but free running would be speed. Running is speed, most of the time. Um, acrobatics is speed. Like a lot of my characters would be mostly speed.
1: I'm just thinking about like the the, the there's a lot of things that you can do that with four stats that kind of only boiled down to just He's desperately clinging
0: to his first step. <laughs>
1: no, I'm just no, saying, I like... No, I know, I know. I'm not clinging to it. I'm simply I, saying...
2: I don't disagree with you, but the way everything else works in the system, I don't think it would work well in this system.
0: Without realized. changing other stuff. I just realized we did not break nearly as much stuff as we should have. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I also
1: feel like if we'd, had, if we'd had more people here, I think that we would have done more damage. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, mine was specifically just inanimate objects, mm-hmm. so I didn't smash as much stuff as I probably could have or should well, have. Well,
2: we didn't have that many scenes. Um, That's true. I think we got but in, I mean,
0: we got in three
2: a... scenes. and Technically it, four. Yeah. It, 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 you just didn't have a very many uh, varied situations that gave you a lot of opportunity to smash them although he powered through those tables that
0: was awesome
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was very cool I, I see, will like, say cl- <laughs> cloth and
0: there's ah! just flying everywhere. It's fantastic. Yes.
1: I will say with this, um, I mean, I'd have to look at the other ones, but of the main three, I like Glaives. I like Nanos. I'm not a big fan of Jax. I read through Jax. I don't know how many times. And I just, I, I like <laughs> the idea, I had fun. It was great. I like the idea. Of, <laughs> but I, was all of that in the main book, or that stuff comes from some of the other books, doesn't it? Some of the other stuff. I feel like, because I don't feel like I, 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 when I read through Numenera itself, that I would have made that.
2: Murders is an assassin focus that may be from something else. I don't remember if it's from Destiny or if it's from one of the character options, but it's possible that Murders is from... Something
1: okay. Else. Yeah, see, I mean, that's that was the thing. Like, I like murders. That sounds, like, fun. Like, that I can keep behind. But...
0: <laughs> murders sounds awesome. Well, just... she had
2: the strong descriptor that um, made her more like a grit glaive Jack. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I made this essentially a rogue character instead of a thief character, if you're talking role master. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I just,
1: I, I, felt like, I felt like Jack just kind of, with the base Numenera book only, I don't have all the other stuff. It just it kind of felt lacking compared to the Nano and Glenn.
2: Okay, but that's the thing you ne- are your never your character is never going to be just a type. He's always going to have a focus to to supplement his type and a descriptor to put a pile on top of that.
1: No, I know. But and I mean, so with adding the stuff that they've got kind of in there for Jax, with that, I still feel like even with bolstering it with those, the stuff that's just Nano based.
2: What is it that the Jacks actually get? Because oh, I don't, sorry, I don't, based. I don't like their special ability. I think Flex Skill is dumb.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't really sure how to apply that, so I was like, meh.
2: Well, again, for your character, it wasn't as um, important because I made your character a warrior Jack. Yeah. Uh, but let's see.
0: Kill things and make Jack of money. all trades. Two
2: ciphers. Lighter medium weapons is kind of nice over a nano.
1: See, and I, 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 get, I get that you can add things to it and kind of help it out, but I mean... You get to
2: choose any one skill to be trained in as a jack. That's that's something that nanos and um, yeah. blames don't get, and that is nice.
1: It, I, I get that it's nice, but I mean... You're like, also
2: trained in armor, which is kind of weird for about half of jacks, but okay. I mean, I guess rogues in D&D can wear light armor, so that's about the same. Oh no! Wait, that's a that's one of their class abilities. So that's not something that all jacks get.
1: Never mind. Okay, so what I'm trying to get at with this, because I just I want to cover it, because I, I feel like I'm not exactly getting a right out there. <laughs> okay. The backgrounds are interesting, but I feel like compared to what the backgrounds of the other ones are, it, is they're kind of more minor. I mean, uh, I'll just go over two of these, but yeah. born lucky. Um, it. it, it it's kind of a generic thing to me, yeah. because it doesn't really bolster your character a whole lot. Yeah. And then A School of Hard Knocks is interesting, but, I mean, it just kind of feels like it. it, it it's... Um, oh, God, what was that feat? It's almost like a street
0: urchin background.
1: D&D. What's that feat in d and Toughness. Oh, yeah. It feels like that's all it is. It's there to just give them like boost them just a little bit yeah and I mean uh, with everything else you can kind of pick and choose I just felt that it was just kind of the, the tears on the jacks also to me didn't feel as I didn't feel I didn't feel like I had a good Built-in connection to want to play them, and the thing is, is that I like those kind of characters normally, yeah. And I didn't like the way that Numenera built Jacks. I'm totally with you there, and that's that's what I mean. Like, I get that you can, you, I get you can build a cool Jack, and mm-hmm. I got that from reading everything. Mm-hmm. But just the Jack stuff itself mm-hmm. was kind of took me aback, and I was like, I don't know that I'd ever want to play a Jack. Like,
2: well, again, if you want other skills than what Nanos and Glaves have, that's your that's one option to, yeah. <laughs> to getting them, And so it's, I mean, it is still a skill-based character. It's just, I, I was that, underwhelmed by Jax myself.
1: I'm, I'm sure that if I picked up the other things and found all these other, uh, not classes, but the, these... One thing I wish they had was an ability book
2: because uh, the character options book gives you a few more abilities for stuff, but there is no good source book that has a bunch of abilities that I, that I want to be able to choose from. If you're a nano, you've got, let me think, about seven or eight first tier uh, esoteries. And this is covering all different kinds of nanos, from illusionists, to evokers, to conjurers, to necromancers. Well, necromancers are a focus, but at any rate, this is covering all different kinds of, uh, of nanos, and they get two of seven esoteries. Uh, I'm really sorry, enough. that's not enough. <laughs> and if you get the character options book, it gives you about seven more, maybe. And so you've got like a grand total of 14 to build your unique nano from. I want more than that. I'm sorry, I need more than that. I can make three nanos, and they feel different, but if I were going to make five nanos, th- they would start feeling the same. Because I just didn't have that much to pull from. So that's what they really need. Sourcebook for that.
1: Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I mean, I really like the Nanos. I like the way that they're built. Um, I was in between a Nano and a Glaive. Um, and uh, the I liked the Glaive I chose. Um, it was going to be depending on what Mrs. RPG I picked. She'd picked I picked the,
0: the one that had the murder descriptor. <laughs> because, again, I guess using my new catchphrase, as you do, <laughs> because that sounds awesome.
1: If she'd picked pick something that was a little more hearty, because um, the might on that character is okay, but it's not...
0: I think the might on this character is just fine.
1: It's pretty darn high for a jack. Yeah, but still, if I'd played this nano, the might is eight. Well, you guys would have approached things very differently. Yeah, we would have, but I would have been. You worried would not about
0: have been. You would not have been marching through tables. <laughs> no, but I
1: would have been. You would have been hovering over tables. <laughs> I would have been worried about them marching through tables at me. Uh, I, I had have. it
0: handled, Run and, run and jump. <laughs> Key to success.
1: But what I what I do like about this uh, new that you, you do not get with a lot of other games, it is the fact that you can really and very easily tweak and do some fluffing with the descriptors. (laughs) Um, And you can make a nano, which is essentially a spellcaster, um, that is directly a stealthy character. Or you can make them hardy and make them basically a walking tank spellcaster. And it's very easy to do that. And it's not like oh, I'm spending my one feat on toughness so I can get five yeah, more what exactly. that, like five points right. or something. Mm-hmm. And that to me just that was never enough in D D to really be able to play a spellcaster. Right, and um, and there was no other way to
2: do a cross-class character in D &D. and D.
1: No, I I hated multi-classing. I really did. (laughs) Um, I I couldn't get uh, away
2: from it, but it was only because I wanted to cross-class everything. (laughs) Yeah, I, I,
1: I don't mind. I don't. I didn't mind it to a point, but what I hate is when I get to a table and there's a character that had like five levels of monk and four levels of cleric and three levels of, and there's no real prestige class or specialty classes or anything added in there. Um, I mean, because I had a specific build that I really like where I went 10 to 15 levels of um, Ranger, mm. and then I took um, the five-level bonus of uh, Deepwood Sniper, which mm-hmm. extends all bow ranges, yeah. and, you know, uh, ups the damage, and I, to- <laughs> I always had an Oath bow. And uh, what was it, Keeper of the Bow or something like that? Was that another Prestige class or something? But I mean, it, it, it went in a direction yeah. rather than you know, your characters.
2: Oh, I need training in weapons and armor. I'm going to pick up a level of fighter. (laughs) Yeah. And I
1: just, that's what I kind of like about a lot of other systems is they've got a way to kind of do it. But I feel like Numenera went a really interesting way of doing it.
2: It's, yeah, it's a lot different than a lot of them, actually most systems. Um, One of my nanos is a monk and he is a nano and his esoteries are ward and hedge magic, so he gets plus one to armor, and he can make things change color. <laughs>
1: I like I like ward. I like the idea behind ward. Uh, hedge magic, I'm like. Eh.
2: I, I I use prestidigitation in every single wizard character I do, but That's
0: such a good spell though. <laughs> yes, he, uh,
2: he 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 uses the focus needs no weapons, so he's a he's a nano martial artist, and his t- descriptor was was tough. And so he has natural armor, and he does extra damage with his fists, and occasionally he casts a spell. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you can do that in Numenera. That's just cool.
1: Oh yeah, no, I mean it's. Um, I, there are points where I, I I wish there was more, because it's not like PDQ where you could just make it up and go. There is some time that you have to spend, and I and I would like to see more choices out
2: the bat. Um, in the Cypher book, they've got something called flavor that you can add to your type. And so you can be a nano with, with a stealth flavor, or you can be a, a glaive with a magical flavor. And <laughs> so that gives you additional um, power options that you can choose. Like you can, be a, you can be a glaive, and you can get all the benefits of being a glaive, but you can choose esoteries instead because you're a magical cara- a glaive. And I wish they had something like that in Numenera, because that was really cool.
0: Yeah, I usually like characters that can do more than just, like, one thing. Yeah. Because then you feel more useful in the party. Yeah. So you, you, you feel like you're more varied. And it kind of makes sense, maybe, you think of the characters as people. Like, they're not... Unless they grew up, like, in a place that only taught <coughs> one thing... They're probably going to know how to do a couple of other things just from being alive.
2: And even if they only do one thing, they can spit. They'll spit really well <laughs> because they are especially good at expectorating. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not to harp on D and D, but one of they are both uh, D twenty systems, and Monty Cook has worked on D and D stuff on this. Um, one of the things that drove me nuts is that you could pick up improvised weapons and yada, 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 and all that. And you could take a blade of grass and turn it into a weapon, but you're still <laughs> only doing D2 damage. Yeah. And it's like, if you really were a specialist and you knew how to do something, you could, like, if we're going to go with the flare, like, d and always made it seem like you could, you know, it's supposed to be this huge cinematic thing. Why am I only doing two damage with, you know, a specialty weapon that I really know how to use or... Why Why is the dagger and the bow so low? And I know. That always bugged me. That always <laughs> bugged me. But what I really liked about Numenera is, is it took that and ran with it. And you're like, oh, you're a specialist that can do this. And I mean, you look at uh, with murder and all that. And, I mean, her blade that normally only does two damage does almost as much as my pole axe. And I only got a plus one to my poleaxe.
2: Right.
0: It's because I know where to stab.
1: (laughs) So I had a a seven base damage on my Mm poleaxe, and she had a six base on her dagger. Mm -hmm. I like that there is that easy way to do it. And what I mean by easy is pick, 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 bam, I've got it. Yeah. And um, so we've been talking about descriptors. I just want to go over – I'm just going to pick three here right quick. Sure. Just to explain kind of um, what we mean by descriptors. and so if you pick up a character sheet, there's uh, it says descriptor here. Uh, the descriptors in the book are charming, clever, graceful, intellect, intelligent, learned, mystical-slash-mechanical, that is, one. Rugged, stealthy, strong, strong-willed, swift, and tough. Um, so we're going to touch on one of the ones that I really thought was interesting, was clever. Hmm. Um, so you pick this descriptor. And all you're doing is picking a word on your character sheet. It gives you a plus two to a, in your intellect pool. You gain three skills. You are now trained in all interactions involving lies or trickery. And that's one of the ores that I meant right there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, granted, reading that straight through, it's very straightforward. But there are some areas where you're supposed to pick, and that ore can be very deceptive. Mm-hmm. Um the other skill is you're trained in defensive defense roles to resist mental effects, and you're skilled in, uh, sorry, another skill is you're trained in all tasks involving identifying or assessing danger, lies, quality, importance, function, or power. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also like that they gave you inabilities as well. Yeah. Um, this one is you're never good at studying or retrieving trivial trivial knowledge. Yeah. Um, and then they, of course, give you an initial link to an adventure and some mm-hmm. additional equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's kind of a really cool thing. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and touch on one more. Um, let's see. Does anybody have a preference for one that they would want me to go over right quick just to kind of give people uh, an idea? Mystical Mechanical is an interesting one yeah. because it has abilities too. All right, so Mystical Mechanical um, is basically a... It's a Numenera thing. It's a
2: Numenera I don't know that it would make sense in another setting. It really wouldn't. (laughs) Um, So I'll just read this. I'll I'll read an excerpt right (laughs) quick.
1: You might think of yourself as mystical and thus attuned with the mysterious and the paranormal, or you might think of yourself as mechanical and thus adept with devices and machines. In either case, your true talent lies with the Numenera. It's basically a, a... it's a good catch-all for somebody who wants to be focused in the Numenera. You get a plus two to your intellect pool. You gain one skill of uh, you're trained in all actions involving identifying or understanding Numenera.
2: Which is big if you're not a nano.
1: Yeah, which but, is big if you're not a nano. Well, it's also kind and of even if you're a nano, yeah.
2: you, get tra- you get specialized in it, so yeah.
1: And um, so you gain uh, the sense, quote-unquote, magic ability. You have the ability to uh, study an object or location closely. Uh, and get a feel for uh, the touch of the ancients. Uh, You also get uh, an estuary um, hedge magic when you have a free hand or can pay the intellectual cost. Um, The inability is kind of laughable, I mean it's really not that bad. You have a manner or an aura that others find a bit unnerving. The difficulty of any task so, involving charm, persuasion, or deception is increased by one step.
0: So uh, you're a nerd. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so um, you're a nerd. But yeah,
1: that's what a descriptor does. And that's, that's you you pick out what, what, what are you going to be a glaive, um, uh, a nano, or a jack, and then you go on to the descriptors and you mm-hmm. decide what your descriptor is. And so you pick this and you further decide, you know. What is your character a bit more of? And then you go to focuses. And I'll let Jonathan give a bit on the foci. So.
2: I love foci. Um, so if you were playing a superhero game, focus would be what your superpowers are. Um, if you were playing a, a pulp game, descriptors would be what your special things are, your, your powers, uh, your, your sp- na- special talents. Foci are things that make you different, but they're also the things that um, are weird about you in Numenera. Um, For example, Where's a Sheen of Ice gives you uh, control over uh, cryogenic powers, and at first level it lets you uh, make ice armor for yourself. it needs No Weapons is a good one. That basically makes you a martial artist. Uh, you do deal additional weapon, uh, ad- additional damage with your hands, and you are trained in, no, there's another, oh, it also gives you armor, a point of armor if you're not wearing armor. Um,
1: uh, just to touch on it right quick, um, your descriptor is a one time you get it, you write it all down. Your right. foci have multiple levels. Yeah, I was going to get to that. Oh,
2: sorry. <laughs> Let him talk. (laughs) Um, But um, so you get special things from your focus but you usually don't get as many things from your focus as you do from your descriptor and the reason for that is because the descriptor gives you a one time bonus that you get just for being born the way you are. Whereas your focus is something that you get better at. It's something that you focus on for your entire life. Um, So Every time you gain a tier, which I think we're supposed to talk about, too, because it's awesome, <laughs> uh, every time you, you gain a major break in level, uh, it would be like hitting level five in d and I guess. Um, your, your focus gives you something else, like another ability, another power. Sometimes different foci might give you a di- more points in your, one of your pools, or they might give you a point of edge but it's different for every focus because every focus is different and it's just neat you have this evolving ability that lets you be more awesome but in the same vein that's going to fit in with your character because that's who your character is
1: yeah no i mean the foci are really cool um i don't know that i have a favorite foci though um i've read through them a couple of times i think they're all really neat Um, From your read through Did you have a foci That you kind of Really liked
2: Murders is your new favorite (laughs) (laughs) Yeah (laughs) I was like
1: Murder And I guess I just read over I guess I just read over it But it is in the main book Is it? Okay cool So I guess I just read Past it or something I just Um, thought It
0: it was really useful And then I was reading Like some of the Tear stuff that goes with it And I was like That's awesome (laughs) Yeah Yeah
2: and a lot of them have really cool powers once you get up in tier.
0: I just think it's cool that you can say my focus is murder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: well, and the other thing is, um, a lot of the foci will give you different uh, or will give you the same kinds of abilities at first slow at first tier, but once you get into the higher tiers, they really start to diverge. Like uh, controls gravity gives you what is it? Oh, you can hover. But uh, Touches the Sky also gives you hover. And yet, once you get f- farther along, Controls Gravity will let you uh, make things weightless, make things heavier, stuff like that. Whereas Touches the Sky, I don't even
1: remember what it does. It's boring focus, but <laughs> I'm
2: sure it does something different because well, they're all different.
1: With Gravity, you actually do get um, the ability to fly mm-hmm. um, at one point, And then... touches the sky in this one
2: no it's in one of the optional books
1: but yeah no you get to you get to fly with it um i like talks to machines i thought that one was kind of interesting yeah um one that was a little weird that i had to read it twice before i really (laughs) um is the carries a quiver is that one in the book yeah Nice. I um, thought it was, but I couldn't find it,
2: so I had to go to the cipher book.
1: Uh, so it's a archer is a skilled combatant, deadly in any fight. Mm-hmm. Um, at the first tier, you to be truly deadly with a bow, you must know where to aim. I uh, like that little tagline that they have there. Uh, but it lets you use points <laughs> from true. your pools um, to increase your damage, mm-hmm. and I really. Liked that because I mean, as somebody who really likes playing archers, and I get very at a certain level in a lot of games, I get to the point where I don't want to play the archer anymore, I don't want to keep on doing what I'm doing because I've really got I mean, like, you're at less than half the damage that other players exactly on. right, uh, you're, yeah.
0: You're only able to do like
2: it's like, yes, I've got a 25 dexterity, not that it does me any good because <laughs> we all know I can hit the ogre, but I can't do any damage to him.
1: But the other cool thing about it is it also gives you the ability to make bows and make Mm -hmm. arrows and um, you can become specialized in making bows and using bows and uh, making arrows. I mean, it gives you those abilities. So you're not just a regular, you know, eye point shoot, like you are every point of it. So Mm -hmm. if you get yourself into a bind, you can make a bow or make Mm -hmm. some arrows and uh, or even make them to sell them. Yeah it's it's a really unique thing, the way that the focuses work is, um, uh, this is going back old school, uh, <laughs> it almost reminds me of the way that the skills in the uh, SPI Dragon Quest were. Hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Because it was
1: a, it, you took Beastmaster, but you weren't just a Beastmaster, you could train, or you yeah. could, there was so much more to each of the little skills. Yeah,
2: as you develop the, and as you develop the skill, you gain additional abilities in it yeah and so the, that it was that very was neat. The,
1: when i read foci i was like that's that, yeah and i, and I really like you're that right it is it that.
2: is like that
1: mm-hmm. um but uh i, I hate that there's only six tiers
2: <laughs> okay character
1: advancement let's do this
2: <laughs> okay so are you tired of getting xp are you tired of waiting until you hit 1001 xp to level up perfect solution for you switch to the cypher system because <laughs> for one thing when you get xp you don't have to advance your character with it at all you can sit on those xp and just buy re-rolls all day with it <laughs> because they, that's the way it works uh, for one xp you can buy a re-roll at any time uh, for one XP, you can also get a short-term benefit, though, that helps you out in basically one scenario. Like, uh, I think the... <coughs> I think the uh, example they give is, like, you can... Uh, this gives you an asset for, tra- for training in picking locks inside the Amber Citadel or something really narrow like that. It's uh-huh. basically a super specialization. Uh, and it basically gives you a small skill for 1xp that helps you out when you need it uh, for 2xp you can get a basically the same thing but that's a that's a little bit larger like uh, essentially what a specialization is in other systems and for 3xp you can get a long-term benefit which works out to be oh a house a title um, a contact stuff like that uh, now, that's the short-term benefits. Uh, w- when you actually get to advancing your character, it costs four XP, and you have what is it? Five different steps?
1: Uh, there's four different six steps. Tiers.
2: Yeah, but within this, within the tier.
1: Oh, oh, I can't remember now. Let's see. I was trying to find that.
2: Yeah. So um, you have x number of things to choose from you are going to increase your pools you're going to increase one of your edge stats you're going to increase your effort rating um you're going to pick a skill and then you're going to choose one other thing uh, that can be like training in armor or uh there's there's a couple of things you can pick from, but it's 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 like an an optional thing, uh, like another esoteric for example, or another <laughs> another fighting move, um, and then once you've done those, you advance to the next tier. Um, it's not like, bam! I've popped. I'm level two. Now I get all this stuff. It's I get all this stuff, and that that's what makes me level two. <laughs> it's it's backwards from D and D, and it's yeah. so awesome. <laughs> I wish that's the way D&D were.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it makes more sense. It's like, I have, my character has experienced things, and now my character knows these things.
2: And when you advance in tier, you get your next focus ability, and, um, ah, there's something else. Oh, your recovery, uh, your recovery rolls go up stuff like that. And so it's not it's not a whole bunch of stuff you get from advancing your tier, but you've already got all that stuff, so it's not like you need anything. I, I just I love the character the character advancement in cipher. It's excellent.
1: I No, I, I definitely agree. I like it. I, um, I'm I've been at a point for a really long time where I'm tired of leveling up a character. Um, I mean, I don't mind some systems like Rollmaster. Because you get to spend development points yeah i mean
2: but, i mean i wish you could spend development points before you hit the level and yeah <laughs> but <laughs> at least you get to spend development points
1: <laughs> but I, mean, I, I like systems where i feel like the character grows and I, a lot of the leveling systems that are out there i don't feel like you're really growing i feel like it's i don't know it's hard to describe sometimes but no just level-based systems for me have kind of gotten Stale, so to speak, and mm-hmm. I, I, I miss things like Bessum where you just use your experience points to buy new things. And yeah, um, I think that um, Numenera and Cipher overall mm-hmm. is a really interesting way of combining the two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I don't think I've ever seen anything like it before. No. I really like it. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, there's a lot of days where I'm looking at where I'm looking at the ta- the shelf, and I'm like, what do I want to play? What do I want to try <laughs> and get people to play with me? And, I got so many things that are level-based, I'm like, mm-mm, I don't yeah. want to play anymore.
2: You know, most most of the games are getting a little better. Um, I, I like about 5th edition that y- almost every level, you get to pick some option for your character. They don't put the levels as far apart also because they're, uh, the jump from level to level isn't as much. Like in 3rd edition, 2nd edition... 1st edition. You jump from level, you get extra hit points, you get base attack bonus, you get uh, saves, you get new spells, you get abilities, you get all this stuff. But um, in 5th edition, yeah, you get a little bit of that. You get extra hit points, you get extra spells. Um, but your proficiency bonus for like skills and uh, attacks and everything only goes up like every five levels, is it? Four levels? And so it, your, your character's not making this huge jump like it felt like he was making in, in the previous editions, but they give you little choices that you can make. Like uh, your character, your druid, gets to be a circle and you get to choose which circle you want, or your ranger can choose between the uh, ranged weapon path and the dual weapon path. And not huge choices, but at least they're choices.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I like subclasses, and I like what some people are doing with subclasses outside of the main books and things like that. It feels like the old kits, mm-hmm, and yeah. some of the subclass mm-hmm. stuff that I've seen really change the flavor, and, and I really do like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've thought about writing up some like subclasses and take, doing my take on some subclasses and stuff mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. for 5th edition, because there's some things that I'm just like, no, I, I want to see some of this old school stuff back in yeah. there, so... But, I mean, Numenera has a really good system and I think for me it's a solid four like I mean I feel like there are things that I if I've read Discovery and things like that it might change but as the main book Numenera is as it is right now as I've I've actually read through the entire book um Mm -hmm. Uh, But only once, so it's like I can't tell you what page certain things are on. I got to go back, and I'm glad I have a hyperlinked version for that.
2: Oh, I love the hyperlinked version.
1: Yeah, it's really nice. But it's a it's a solid four. Like I can't go above a four right now for me. Um, And I think that part of that is also the setting. Mm. I think that cipher system might be higher if I read the cipher system because I Mm. like the basis behind it. No,
2: when you hate generic systems. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, but I mean. (laughs) <laughs> the strange, maybe the strange <laughs> Maybe the strange, but I mean, I don't, I, I'll mean, be honest, I don't
1: like I don't like picking up a book and only Having a game system in it mm. I really do like things that have <laughs> A setting with it and, I mean, I could pick up a setting book that has no rules to it Right But I don't like just picking up a rules book um, But I, mean, I picked up Numenera because one, that's what you said you were going to run And two, yeah. I wanted something with A system behind it Or a setting behind it Yeah Um, And I just don't think Numenera is the setting for me. Um, I think it's an interesting setting. Don't get me wrong; it's It's a top-notch setting. It's well written. It's very there's a lot to it. But I just I feel like it's not one for me. I couldn't do. I couldn't play in a. I definitely couldn't run it. But I could also couldn't play in a long term campaign. I'd get to a point where I'd just be like, "Eh." Mm -hmm. but I mean, overall, Numenera is a solid four.
0: Yeah, I'd say a solid four. That was super fun. Um, I really liked how the characters feel when you play them, hmm. and the character creation is a really big part of that because it's it it works really well. Yeah, it does. Um, and I don't know, we just that was a lot of fun when we played. <laughs> <It> <laughs> so does. I was like, hell yeah, this is great. <laughs> um, then I I like what they call the currency. <laughs>
2: the shin shines (laughs) i'm gonna say it shines
0: makes sense to me it speaks to (laughs) myself one of
1: the things that kind of sits me down at a uh four is the fact that like i feel like it would be a lot harder to play without the cards Mm,
2: it it, well it's kind of like spells in D D. once you get past a certain point you have so many spells and you're you pretty much need cards but with, with with anything in the cipher system, ciphers are always like that because you just if you do a little bit more adventuring and less setup, uh, you just get ciphers like this, and you're using them like that. So, so I, mean, I like
1: them. Don't get me wrong, but I the
2: cipher cards added a lot to it. So yeah, I I, I don't disagree with that. Uh, I wouldn't say they're hard to use, but they're not.
1: Not exactly that they're hard to use, but um, if you're on a budget, having to go buy the card deck as well.
2: well you don't have to buy the card yeah, deck. Yeah, you don't have to. And you can, just... you can get a PDF version. Yeah. The card deck was like $20, $20 uh, bad, and this was, this was two card decks, so it was like $40. But they also have a, the PDF version that you can print out yourself that's mm-hmm. like $8 maybe. Yeah. Don't quote me, but I think it was, <laughs> it, was it was significantly cheaper. <clears throat> so I four.
0: Yeah, a good solid four. Don't do it.
2: Okay, so. Yeah. Um, do it. From a mechanical standpoint. I cannot stand the dice rolling system in this system. <laughs> I know, you don't like single die rolls. And it's even worse than that because you're betting that you're going to get a, get a, low, a high number or a low number. And so I'm pure spending my pool points because I might not roll a one. I, don't know, I, <laughs> I can't stand that. I hate it. I, kind I really of like do.
0: It. I kind of like it. It's very
2: different than any other role-playing game I've yeah. ever played. But but it just bu- it bugs me. It really does because my dice never go in in a in a way that's it's, um, I think that's why I like Predictable. It. I think that's <laughs> and why I so like it though. Most of the time, I either spend points and I don't, or I don't spend points, and my dice do exactly the opposite of what I spend points based on. So either I'm spending points and I don't need them, or I decided I'm not gonna spend points this time. It's only a six. <laughs> and then i roll a five
0: right and, then <laughs> and i'm like
2: i should have spent the points right
0: well, it's like i always roll um you know either uh low enough to not ever do anything or high or not high enough to do anything awesome
1: mm-hmm. like
0: for roll under or roll over systems and so having where you can because I know what range I'm gonna fall in typically when I roll my dice, Mm -hmm. being able to say, okay, if I bet this many points, chances are I'm gonna be able to do this because I know how my dice roll. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like that.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, mentally I think, okay, if I spend the point, I'm going to have a 30% probability of doing this. That's better odds than a 45% probability, a lot better odds, so yes, I'm going to spend those points. And then my dice rolls an 18. And it's like, oh, well, that was completely pointless. There All went three points that I'm never going to get back, and I shouldn't have spent them anyway. And so uh, the mechanics just drive me up the wall. But um, the way the, the rules work with each other and the way the rules are put together and the way D- NPCs work. As a GM, you assign... A rating to a character and then you don't have to worry about any other mechanics This this character is a four
0: all of the all of the legwork is like mostly on the players like as far as determining What happens?
2: I say that this character is a four and I can describe him any way I want to he has a sword he has uh, medium armor he has a ray gun and any effects that I want are already defined by that four rating. Uh, Because he's a four rating, he does four points of damage. All of his target numbers are 12. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And he has 12 points of health. All that from that one rating. No other mechanics to worry about. And since I'm not doing any of the rolling, since the rolling is all on you guys, that's, that's all I need. I don't need anything else. I come up with cool effects for monsters because they deserve cool effects that they can do right (laughs) but uh it's just so easy to make npcs in this setting that it's just great and so gming this system is really nice um creating characters is a blast i mean i never would have thought it but adding together three elements and then adding up the bonuses from them and you get a complete character that's a nuts <laughs> but it works really well and i mean just the, i love the setting because i like fantasy but fantasy is so D. <laughs> yeah either that or it's tolkien right. and uh, i mean where else do you go you go rifts rifts is good right but uh numenera is just really neat because you can do things with numenera like if you want to run a Lovecraftian campaign in Numenera. You absolutely can. The Numenera don't have to be a beneficent force in the universe. Everybody agrees that they're weird and unpredictable. And if you turn that that weird and unpredictable just a little bit into strange and disturbing, all of a sudden you've got an old ones campaign. Yeah or you can go over the top cinematic, or you can go old school fantasy. I mean, there's just so much possibility. And the different regions of the world that are so well fleshed out, it just gives you so much breadth of, of, of space that you can work in. And I love it, it's just great. <laughs> <laughs> that having been said, been said, I have trouble playing Numenera because of my dice. And so I don't think I can give it higher than a four, but it's not because I don't love the system. Because it's a great system. It's just because I have trouble
1: with the dice rolls.
0: Yeah. I get that.
1: So our friends over at RPGEak.com, uh, the average of the ratings over there, which has been rated over 100 times, uh, is a 7.58 out of 10. <laughs> right about yeah, what we said. That's yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll
0: say, yeah, that's about right.
1: Now, over on... Uh, Drive Through RPG though they gave it a solid five. Uh, How many and ratings was that? 158. Oh okay. And I mean it's it's I'm sure they're not all fives, but um,
2: you know I feel like the RPG. Which one was it? RP, uh, Drive, Drive, Drive through, RPG. through RPG. I feel like Drive Through. The people who rate those tend to be people who like the game. <laughs> I mean, the the reviewers the reviewers will give it a good or a bad rating, but the people who go in and rate it after that. I found usually aren't hating on the game. Oh yeah. In, in drive through.
1: But we've had some pretty low scores on drive through before on the show, so
2: Yeah, usually those are the ones that ha- don't have very many ratings though. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> and like I said, the, rever- the reviewers are invariably fair. Because they give they get what? Paid reviews? And so they're usually fair. That's good though. Mhm.
1: All right, that is our discussion on Numenera. Uh, we hope that if you liked what you heard, you're going to go check it out. Uh, if you didn't like what you heard uh, or have something to say, message you,
0: Mr. RPG on Instagram.
1: Uh, you can go find us on <laughs> Facebook. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us uh, on a lot of different platforms at RPG Hour uh, or just RPG Hour, depending on how they like you to search things. Um, We are usually available that way. If you want to send an email, the rpghour at gmail.com. Go ahead and shoot us an email and we'll respond back to it in a somewhat timely manner. (laughs) Um, It usually goes to my phone and I'm usually working. uh, I work very long hours uh, in a a truck doing pest control. So (laughs) When I have a break, I don't always use it to check emails.
2: (laughs) What? How do you not always use it to check emails? (laughs) (laughs) I spend it on Twitter, uh, Facebook. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. If you're if you're interacting with somebody on Twitter, it's most likely me. If you're interacting with somebody on Facebook, it's most likely them. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, that's about right. Sometimes though,
1: I will cross post uh, just to make sure that like something that I thought was cool on uh, Twitter gets over to Facebook. So, um, uh, but we're trying to ramp up what we're doing on Facebook because I know I tweet like. 10 different things a day on twitter and right now we're at less two. A...
2: dude i don't even have twitter i didn't had no idea you were tweeting so much oh yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just constantly on twitter his phone's constantly blowing up oh, at two three in the, in the
1: morning <laughs> it's, we have 2500 followers on twitter right now. really so yeah,
0: yeah. Wow. we oh. usually like there for a little while we were doing giveaways once we hit certain uh, benchmarks uh, yeah. and so
1: our next benchmark is three thousand
0: yep so you hear that people Go follow us on Twitter. <laughs> follow we-
2: Mr. RPG Hour on Twitter. No, just <laughs> hour. It's, it's, just RP- hour. it's just RPG Hour. It's just RPG. It's just RPG I'm just saying. I'm just pressure. saying. Follow him on Twitter oh, because okay. <laughs> it's not going to be me. So yeah,
0: but uh, yeah, three thousand followers, you might win something. Yes. True. Cool. Uh, it's going to be door a
1: prizes. Really cool, it's going to be a really cool door prize. Uh, it's going to be something <laughs> a little bit different than what we've done in the past. So uh, go ahead and you know get out there and pick it up. Um, also Patreon. Yes. Yes. Uh, You can find us on Patreon and uh, Kofi, coffee, however you want to say it. Um, You know, RPG Hour is our location. If you want to check out these uh, episodes, um, and you know, you're hearing this on a friend's uh, device. Device, yeah. Thank you. Um, Podbean. .podbean RPGHour.Podbean.com. And if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, please let us know. Thank you, and have a fun day.